0: It's February 12th and while the world is distracted by events in the Middle East first in Tunisia, then Egypt, followed by riots in Jordan, in Yemen, back to Egypt, let's not forget the persecution of Christians in Iraq, and back to Egypt, not all is bad news in that part of the world. Well, sort of that part of the world. Sudan is a country that is just south of Egypt. Most of the population in northern Sudan is Muslim. Most of the population in southern Sudan is Christian. Sudan has been involved in various conflicts since the 18th century. In particular, since 1955, when the British left and Sudan separated from Egypt, the region has been affected by two major civil wars between the north and the south. In the south, more than 2.5 million people have been killed and more than 5 million have been displaced. You may have heard of Darfur. Well, Darfur is in the northwest region of Sudan so, where's the good news? Last January, people from southern Sudan voted on a referendum on whether they should break away from Sudan and be independent. On January 30th, the results were in. Almost 99% of the population voted for independence. The Sudanese government has accepted this vote, and the Declaration of Independence is expected to happen on July 9th, this year. And so, who says that the only way for autonomy and independence is through war? The people of Sudan have proven, at least till now, that there are other ways of achieving our goals. This fledgling new nation is comprised of mainly Catholics and Anglicans, and I don't know for sure, but they seem to have placed their trust in God. Their new national anthem begins, O God, we praise and glorify you for your grace upon Kush, and ends with, So Lord bless South Sudan. Do you think Canadians would ever write that on their national anthem? God bless Canada? I don't think so. This one's for you, South Sudan. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this is Salt and Light Radio. Hello and welcome to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. We have a great show for you today. Chris Demetrenko is
1: here. That's, hey, Pedro. That's
0: all, all that we need for greatness <laughs> wow. of greatness is Chris Dimitrenko. Um Some exciting news.
1: Yes, there's rumors of another papal visit, and this one, if it happens, is going to be remarkable. The Pope hasn't been to a place like this. Uh, also, also there was not one, but Two clarifications from the Vatican, and that's that's an indication of when the Vatican sees that some headlines are getting out of control. And so we'll tell you about those. And uh, I'm sure there must be some Cardinal Mark Ouellette fans listening. And we haven't heard much from him since he went to the Vatican for his new position. But he was speaking out this past week.
0: Great. So uh, details on those stories. You, you have us all curious here with the, mm-hmm. the papal visit. Um, today also we have Jillian Cantor returning with what our kids teach us segment. Uh, lots of good advice there for those of us that have children. That's in about 20 minutes. And we're still talking about chastity. It's it's not an easy topic. You can't just dispense of it in 10 minutes. So uh, last week we spoke. Uh, we were talking about how we should respond to the pastoral letter. Uh, that the bishop issued on chastity. This week, we are going to be speaking to one of the bishops who wrote the letter, Archbishop Michael Miller of Vancouver, Um, hopefully about the need for such a letter. He's going to tell us why the bishops wrote this letter. And we're joined once again by the Cat Chat man himself. I know you're a fan of Cat Chat. Yeah. Chris, uh, you don't have kids yet, but you just wait. You just wait because... Cat Chat is what you're going to have your kids listening to. Um, There are lots of new Cat Chat developments. And so Gerald and his wife, Denise Montpetit, will be telling us all about all those in the second half of the program. So we begin with a song. There's a new album called The Ultimate One and this new song called The Mystery. I approach
2: the mystery of your love approach the mystery of your grace I
0: That was Gerald Montpetit with The Mystery, a new cat chat song from their newest album, The Ultimate One. We're going to be speaking to Gerald and his wife, Denise, in the second half of the program. And in about 15 minutes, what our kids teach us with Jillian Cantor. But first, there are rumors of a new papal
1: visit. That's right. Well, we know that the Pope is making a number of trips this year. We've got Germany, Croatia, Uh, Benin, he's going to Spain for World Youth Day. Everyone forgets the tiny little Republic of of, uh, San Marino, which he's also supposed to go to this year. Yes. But could he be planning a first-ever trip to Iraq? Well, Iraq's Minister of Tourism and Antiquities says the Pope wants to visit the ancient city of Ur. The Bible says that Ur is the birthplace of Abraham. Now, this official told a local newspaper that the Pope inquired about a visit through Iraq's ambassador to the Holy See and that this trip is already tentatively planned for 2012 so that will be incredible it if will it happens be. Mm-hmm. yes
0: Wow what about the plight of the Christians in Iraq certainly yes
1: I mean no Vatican confirmation yet, but this is the first we're hearing of it mm-hmm. now uh, a lot of people uh, fell in love with Cardinal Mark Wollett when he was in Quebec City. He was very outspoken, yet a very gentle man, uh, and Canada felt very blessed to have him. Well, we haven't heard much from him since he went to the Vatican as the prefect of the Congregation for Bishops, but he's now speaking out against what he calls a profound crisis in Europe. He was speaking at a Congress in Madrid, Spain, and he reflected on the 2008 Synod of Bishops. Now, that synod focused on the Word of God, and he was the Relator General of that synod. Mm -hmm. The Cardinal says that secularism has relativized our view of the Bible, even inside of the church. He says that attempts to dissect uh, the Bible in biblical exegesis, they're sowing confusion among the faithful, and that the Bible is disappearing as a cultural reference. Now, there were two clarifications from the Vatican, both on on the same day, actually on Wednesday, and that's when you really see that the, the Vatican Press Office, you know, sees a problem with a story. That you know, you know, there's bad headlines all the time about the Church, but this is when they really see that something needs to be corrected. And uh, the first one uh, actually happened on the same day that a report uh, was was made by a journalist named Andrea Tornelli. He says that the that the Pope is going to be issuing a motu proprio. About the Vatican's office for liturgy, Tornelli wrote that the Congregation for Divine Worship will be tasked with promoting liturgy that's more faithful to the intentions of the Second Vatican Council, with less room for creative changes. Now, the Vatican spokesperson, Father Federico Lombardi, he acknowledges that yes, a motu proprio has been under study, but it actually involves transferring legal responsibilities between Vatican bodies, and not changes in the liturgy per se. Now, the second clarification, well, you've probably seen the headlines about this iPhone app for confession. Yeah. Now, this is designed to help Catholics prepare an examination of conscience, but some headlines imply that it's meant to replace confession. And that's, that's not what it was designed for. That's not the reason why it got the imprimatur from the bishop. Mm-hmm. The Vatican spokesperson clarifies that, quote, one cannot speak in any way of confessing via iPhone. And uh, he told Reuters that a priest can never be replaced by new technology. Now, for, for probably most of our listeners, these kinds of clarifications aren't really needed in the case of this iPhone app, but uh, hopefully for the general public, that will help dispel some, uh, uh, some wrong yes. ideas yes. about what's going on yes. here. You
0: need a real priest for the sacrament to be celebrated. Um, thank you very much, Chris Matrenko, our Salt and Light Radio news producer. You heard from him, and now we want to hear from you. Let us know what you think about what you've heard. Uh, send us an email, radio at org. And in about 10 minutes, we have an update from New Brunswick. So stay tuned.
3: You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel. Sirius 159
0: and XM 117. I'm Pedro Guevara-Man. Our website is saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Next up is Mary Rose with an update from New Brunswick. But before that, our Saint of the Week with Lawrence.
4: All right, so we all know February 14th is St. Valentine's Day. So I wanted to kind of figure out who is St. Valentine. Because I don't know who he is. He was a real saint. Yeah, he was a real saint. He is a saint. Um, Actually, um, he's a 3rd century martyr, but there's three of them that we know of at least. Uh, There's a priest in Rome, a bishop near Rome, and the 3rd Valentine was a martyr in Africa. And so this is the the beginning of a pretty complicated story of of St. Valentine. Um, In the 4th century, there's a basilica dedicated to the Roman priest, St. Valentine, the martyr. Um, In 496, 100 years later... Um, his feast was first initiated by Pope Gelasius I, and his name was added to the growing list of martyrs. And so a, a thousand years later, 1583, Pope Gregory VIII only mentioned one valentine in his Roman um, martyrology. Um, and it's probably the priest, because it seems like he is the one that's most mentioned. Um, and then 400 years later, uh, recently, obviously, 1969, the feast was removed from the Catholic calendar of saints. They removed it basically because they weren't sure exactly which saint. We, we couldn't specify which saint we were really um, venerating because there was three, and so it was, it was a bit confused. So they removed it, but they still left it um, as... Um, they still left Valentine, the priest and martyr, and the others um, as saints to be venerated, but we, they don't have a specific feast
0: day okay okay
4: so today um valentine saint valentine can be venerated and is venerated around the world but we don't have a specific feast
0: right so february feast day. 14th it's is not, not really the feast day.
4: no okay it has been but they removed it from the from the the list in okay. the catholic calendar Okay. but you can still celebrate you can still venerate yeah, him on yeah day. Any like you can venerate saints on any day yes really. yes 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 um Okay, so, then his relics. So there's relics of St. Valentine all over the world. There's actually his full skull on display with a crown of flowers around it um, in the Basilica of St. Mary in Cosmodon in Rome. Lovely. Yep. And uh, there's also controversy over where his, his full body is, actually. Um, it's, it was said that his body was given to Blessed Cardinal Newman by Blessed Pius IX in 1847, and that it's now in, um, on a, in a side chapel under the altar in England's Birmingham Oratory. The whole body. Okay. Um, and uh, there's except also... F-
0: yeah, except you don't know whose body it is if there were three. Exactly. Yeah, who knows? It
4: could be. It really could be um, any of them. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. There's other places. There's one place in Ireland where they say they have the body, uh, and then there's relics all over, and there's Ireland, Scotland, England, France, Germany. They all have... Something of Saint Valentine. Okay,
0: so wait, so so the connection between this saint or martyr Mm -hmm. and Valentine's Day, the the day for for romance and friendship, where's the connection?
4: So I I tried to find this, but once again, it's it's uh, very hard to separate fact from fiction. Uh, It's as as complicated as the the whole history of of Saint Valentine. Um, but we know that the first recorded association of uh, the 14th of February with Romantic love uh-huh. was in 14th century um, by the English author and poet Chaucer, mm-hmm. and it was in one of his poems that he made the connection. Um, it's also yeah, it's also said that there was a, a connection with the pagan Roman festival of, of uh, Lupercalia, yeah, which took pa- place in the middle of February, and it's where like young men and women would get together. Right. Also, another legend connected to um, Saint Valentine himself, uh, the priest in Rome, was that he was imprisoned because he would. Marry the young men who were bound for military service, but the emperor at the time thought that if they got married, they wouldn't ah. be as useful. So he would like secretly marry couples. I think that's the legend I have heard, yes. Yeah.
0: Interesting. So, so it could be,
4: th- a, it's a combination of all those and more, I'm sure. So this is St. Valentine, the enigma. That's right.
0: The mystery. Well, thank you very much. Uh, whether there was a real St. Valentine or not, February 14th is the day to celebrate love and friendship. So thank sure. you very much, Lawrence. Lawrence, our saint expert, and Lawrence is going to be back in about 10 minutes with our TV programming highlights, so stay tuned. This
5: is Carrie B. Grant, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117.
0: You can podcast our show at saltandlighttv.org radio or off iTunes, and to figure out what your kids can teach you about scheduling, stay right here, because coming soon is our parenting expert, Jillian Cantor, but before that... Here's Mary Rose with our diocesan
3: update. Thank you, Pedro. So first in Edmonton, Cardinal Oscar Rodriguez Maradiaga and Leslie Ann Knight, both speakers from Caritas Internacionales, will speak at the next Nothing More Beautiful. That's Thursday, February 17th at 7 p.m. St. Joseph's Basilica. Go to caedm.ca slash beautiful for more info. And in Toronto Father Roni Greta, called "The Laughing Priest," comes back to speak at the next Pope's pub night, his topic, "The Theology of True Love," just in time for the week of Valentine's Day. That's Friday, February 18th, from 7:30 p.m. to midnight at the Dublin Gate, Irish pub. The Toronto Archdiocesan website can tell you more. And now I'd like to introduce Bishop Robert Harris. Bishop Harris told me the, the other day that when he was installed as Bishop of St. John New Brunswick almost four years ago, he had to do a bit of math. He had 84 communities in his diocese and 41 priests, which means 18 parishes don't get a resident priest. And of the 41 priests in his diocese, one is 90 years old, a couple who are 80 years old, <laughs> some over 75, the average age of his priests being 59. And so he had to ask himself the question, how can I take care of the church communities in my diocese if I have a dwindling number of priests? He is pursuing this question for the next few years through what he calls the visioning process. He shared with me some of his thoughts a few days ago. Now, Bishop Harris, what is your plan to help your people continue to be a church and care for the church under the present circumstances?
6: The the plan is to um, basically... Invite all of the people who are part of our diocesan church to contribute to a solution. And so far, we've had four out of 13 consultations, interparochial consultations, and uh, 350 people have gathered so far. Um, I'm hoping that by the end of the process, we will have been able to hear from at least a thousand people who will be indicating to us where we need to go in the future. Uh, basically, there are trends that are showing up. Uh, in the consultations that we're making. uh, Definitely people are speaking about the the great importance of being a church that is welcoming, uh, a church that is youth-oriented, a church that that is uh, outreaching to others. So these are some of the um, examples that have surfaced uh, out of the consultation. uh, Because I'm not the one that's coordinating it uh, uh, I, I don't have everything at hand at the moment. I have been participating and will continue to be present at all of the consultations because I think it's important for the people to know that I'm interested as the as the chief shepherd of the diocese. Now, I'm is an- there
3: is there some direction uh, that you're taking f- as an answer to the dwindling number of priests, the the priest and the flock sort of the uh, the flock outnumbering the number of priests that could take care of
7: them?
6: Well, uh, I guess the the issue is that. Um, you know, in the past we had parishes that had two or three priests, and now we've got one priest for two or three parishes. And that's not just something unique to our diocese, it's basically something fairly common throughout North America. Um, so the idea is that, that we want people to start thinking differently. We we want them maybe to, to, to um, recognize that they can't have as many masses as they used to have, that they're going to have to focus their efforts, that they're going to have to share resources with each other uh, in interparochial settings. Um, All of these things are are kind of up for discussion. Um, Because the bottom line is um, because we are a Eucharistic people, we need to gather and celebrate Eucharist. Uh, But given the reality that every church doesn't have a live-in priest, then that's got to be organized. And so that's what the plan is to say. These are the things we need basically to be the church and this is how we're going to give ourselves what we need to to continue to live into the future so you know as i like to think and I, as i say to people um, we shouldn't just be managing the decline we should be looking at the reality that is ours today and say so how are we going to do this Um, how are we going to continue to be and grow and attract people to join us so all of that's part of this process and as i say people are are excited to be part of it Uh, They've come out on Sunday afternoons, weekday nights, uh, Saturday afternoons, just to to share with one another. And one of the very concrete things that's happening is that people in in certain clusters are saying, we need to do this. We need to share our resources with each other. And so they're certainly delighted that they've had this opportunity. And again, we're not producing a document that's going to be put on a shelf. Uh, This is a process that, that has begun, and we want to keep the process going hopefully, you know, down the road, uh, as a result of the consultation, that we'll be able to put in place regional pastoral councils, uh, a diocesan pastoral council, so that people will feel that they have a voice and that we're listening to them.
3: Thank you so much, Bishop Harris.
6: Great. Thank you, Mary Rose.
3: That was Bishop Robert Harris talking about the visioning process for the Diocese of St. John, New Brunswick.
6: Thank you very
0: much, Mary Rose. And to our dear listeners, a reminder that you can let us know what's happening in your diocese. Just send us an email to radio at saltandlighttv.org. And Mary Rose, this is it. You're going off. Mary Rose is going off on maternity leave. Yes. um, yes. Soon to uh, have a baby in her (laughs) arms. So uh, we're going to miss you. But But I won't be be a stranger, for sure. Good. Good. So we hope to have you on the show, maybe with your daughter. (laughs) Thank
1: you. Thank you very much. Mary Rose Bacani, our diocesan expert. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117.
0: My name is Pedro. You can find Salt and Light on Facebook, and you can also follow us on Twitter. And now it's time for... What Our Kids Teach Us with Jillian Cantor. So, Jillian, what have your kids taught you this week?
8: Oh, Pedro, my kids are teaching me lots of things this week, but... (laughs) Mostly, what they, what the lesson that I, I guess I'm responding to uh, is just to throw away that day planner. Um, yeah, okay. Kids don't necessarily follow a schedule, and sometimes you just need to, I guess, embrace that. I know lots of people have heard the, the saying, and, and they use it to try to encourage themselves, and they don't know what's ahead, that if you want to make God laugh, then tell him your plans. I think the same goes for your kids. If you want to make your kids laugh, tell them your plans for the day, and they will quickly read that paper of <laughs> your to-do list and and set you on a whole different path.
0: So then what do you do?
8: What do you do? You well the thing is that's yeah that's that the question. I'm a planner. I like to have my to-do list. I like to, to know the structure of my day and the things that I'd like to get done and I prior to kids had my list and would proudly look at all the check marks beside each item at the end of the day. Um But with kids, yeah, I was getting frustrated. I was thinking, okay, well, my life is changed. Obviously, I'm a mom, and I have extra things on my to-do list in terms of caring for my family and um, making sure the kids are clean and diapers are changed and nap times are happening. But I found that if I tried to do all the other things on my list, all those projects and extra assignments and whatever it is that I accumulate on my list, if I was trying to accomplish all of those things too, then it ended up with me having to try to distract my children or shush them or whatever, whatever, just so that I could get those things done. Mm-hmm. But in the end, I was frustrated, they were frustrated, nobody was happy. And so I realized, well, the most important thing and the only thing that should be on my to-do list is to love my children. Mm. And so each day we set out to, to do that, to just walk through the day loving my kids as best as I can and all the other things that can get done—that's just bonus. That's the extra. Um, yeah, the, that might be things that even my kids can help me with, if it's whether it's housework or if it's making a crafty project for someone that we love that we want to send them. Or so, yeah. It's the the thing on my to-do list every day is get down on my floor and play with my kids and teach them, and then and then they help me with the rest of the stuff. And it's really encouraged us. It's <clears throat> excuse me. It's really um, yeah. It's been a grace to just be able to let go of that a little bit.
0: So it's it's freeing to not have to worry about dusting and vacuuming and...
8: <laughs> Oh, well, I don't worry about it, but I still do it.
0: <laughs> I guess eventually you have to.
8: <laughs> yeah, and and like I said, those are things that I've learned that they can help me with. Right. Um, like Joseph is an excellent collector of garbage. That's probably his favorite part of the week is when he gets to run around the house and collect all the garbage.
0: Excellent. Um, and
8: when I get out the vacuum, he gets out the dustbuster. Although sometimes we have to trade, and I end up cleaning the whole house with a dustbuster while he stands <laughs> in one spot with the vacuum cleaner. Right. And and I think too how we've adjusted is that instead of the the daily task list, the daily to do list. I have a weekly set of goals, and so whether that's housework or correspondence or craft projects, whatever happens to be on that goal list, you know, at the end of every day, if I can accomplish one of those things, then awesome, that's fantastic. If not, well, that's just what life handed us that day, and if it meant that I got to spend more time reading a book with my sons, then then that's great.
0: Yeah, then that's a great, I think that's great advice, because you've accomplished what you set out to do, which is to love your children and spend time with them. Um, so that's great. Yeah, can I just you just reminded me of something, Jillian. I have one word for you. What? Microsoft Project. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I need to explain that Jillian Cantor was responsible for keeping us organized for World Youth Day 2002. And we had a program called Microsoft Project. And, and we had uh, 85% of projects done. Yeah. 90% of project done. <laughs> project 75% done. No, no longer.
8: No, there's certainly none of that here. I don't think Joseph would really get the concept of that.
0: No. Joseph, neither. we
8: are 50% complete of the housework project today. Yes.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you very much. Gillian Cantor is the producer of the Salt and Light TV program Mothering, Full of Grace. She's also a wife and a mother of two and the producer of our segment, What Our Kids Teach Us.
6: This is Fred Kachani and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channels. Sirius
0: 159 and XM 117. You can read our blog at saltandlighttv.org slash blog. I'm Pedro Guevara-Man, and our programming assistant is Lawrence. He's right here.
4: Hey, Pedro. So, uh, new shows. We have Lexio Divina on Sunday, February 13th, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 9.30 Pacific. This is a new episode, which is with Archbishop Thomas Collins. Of Toronto. That's right. And uh, so that's Sunday, February 13th, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 9.30 Pacific. And if you miss the premiere, it also repeats Wednesday, February 16th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 Pacific. And then we have the Nazareth Jesus New on February 18th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 Pacific. And this is a new um, documentary. Uh, it's 11 part series, which brings to life the parables of, uh, and stories of Jesus. And it's all filmed on location in Nazareth. Nice. And so the first, this first episode is on the synagogue. Great. And so that's good. Friday, February 18th, 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 Pacific. We also have a, the Extraordinary Prayer of All Churches in Jerusalem on Saturday, February 19th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 Pacific. And this is a gathering of Christian communities in Jerusalem, and it's um, to promote prayer for reconciliation, unity, and peace in the Holy Land. Nice. And that this took place last month. And uh, they're sending us a tape, and we're going to air it. Great. So that'll be on Saturday, February 19th. So next
0: Saturday That's right. at 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 Pacific. Thank you very much. Lawrence, uh, remember, again, we say this every week, if you're outside our TV broadcasting area, no need to worry. You can watch all our programs streaming live at our website, saltandlighttv.org. Um, coming up in the second half hour, We're going to be speaking with Archbishop Michael Miller of Vancouver. We're going to be talking about chastity and uh, some more cat chat. So don't go anywhere. Three weeks ago, the Canadian bishops issued a pastoral letter to young people on chastity. Last week we looked at how we need to respond to such a letter. But we wondered why this letter was written in the first place. And to tell us about that, we're now joined by Archbishop Michael Miller of Vancouver. He is the chair of the Canadian Bishops' Commission on Doctrine. Archbishop Miller, welcome to Salt and Light Radio.
9: Thank you very much, Pedro.
0: So uh, maybe before we start, the the Commission on Doctrine, what what is this commission? Why does it exist?
9: The commission is one of the uh, commissions of the... Uh, Canadian uh, Conference of Catholic Bishops, which sort of supports the uh, bishops in their sort of mm, theological endeavors, when questions about doctrine or theology uh, are on the table, okay. or the bishops request some kind of reflection. Then that—that's the committee that the item is sent to.
0: Okay. So then, this this pastoral letter that came from this particular commission—is that a—is a, a, it an average example of of the kind of uh, issues that you would deal with in the commission?
9: It—it's it, certainly one of the examples. We we deal with other questions. Sometimes they're a little. Uh, we dealt with uh, the the document on on popular piety that the bishops published right. in the, in the fall that yeah. came uh, through them. There have been uh you know documents on, on 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 a number of um of issues the healthcare gu- uh ethics guide that's used in catholic hospitals comes uh-huh. through and it's not published by the by the bishops but they ask for nihil obstet, you know uh, okay. and that's the commission that deals with questions of of doctrine, so to speak.
0: So anything, so like when you said that you would support bishops, for example, so if a particular bishop has a question... Not or so
9: much a particular, it's usually the conference. Okay,
0: so you're it's supporting conference. the conference. Okay, yeah. I see.
9: And the conference at their fall meeting, you know, ha, ha, you know, they have the, an opportunity to express what, what do we need some um, help with, or namely, what do our people... Uh, people in the pews, what would be uh, helpful for them at this juncture in the Church's history in Canada. I
0: see. So so if we look specifically at this pastoral letter on chastity, how did that develop from, from I guess, the in- inception to having a letter written?
9: I, it, you know, it um, as all letters say, you know, some bishop or bishops have an idea. They put it on the table. Others say, yes, we should do something to help our young people in, in, in the culture in which we live today. Those who are... Um, you know, confronted with a secular world, uh-huh. you know, and ask the question, "How can I live chastely?" Right. And it was, it was really, as the intro says, to support the you know uh, those young people and to express our solidarity with them. Often, I think they can feel abandoned, yeah. and um, you know, media doesn't really value chastity, doesn't talk about chastity, and all the models seem to be non-chaste, mm-hmm. or many do. And this was just a chance to say, "Yeah, we." We support you. You're no doubt struggling. Um, and what you're doing is, is good and it's worthwhile and it's uh, responding to the Gospel.
0: Right. So then you would say that the main purpose of the letter is, is support.
9: In, in, it's support in, and encouragement.
0: But it's not a teaching document per se. Not,
9: not per se. I mean, otherwise you would sort of take up every, every, yeah, you'd
0: have a book. every <laughs>
9: question that could possibly arise and so on. No, its, it's purpose was more to... Uh, uh, Provides some words certainly of support, some of direction too yeah. for, for people, but it's it's really it's if it can open the question and put it on the table, then young people will talk about it and ask others and you know, it's it's really um, it's a support document. Yeah,
0: okay, I see. Um, just a note for anyone that might be joining the program at this time, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro. We're speaking with Archbishop Michael Miller of Vancouver. He's the chair of the Canadian Bishops' Commission on Doctrine, and we're talking about the recent pastoral letter that the Canadian bishops uh, issued on chastity. Now, can you tell us, maybe not specifically with this letter, but a letter like this one, how is that written? Do you, is, is, Does it take a long time? Uh, well, consultations. It, it,
9: it begins, of course, with a the draft of a letter um, sometimes the 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 very first draft comes from someone outside the commission or a group of people from outside the commission okay and then it's revised and revised and revised it's at some point sent to the permanent council you know the group of eleven bishops
1: mm-hmm.
9: sort of represent bishops across Canada and they would approve the pub its publication by the uh, commission. If it's going to be published by uh, all the bishops and not just by the commission, I see. Then, it, then it goes it goes out to all the bishops for final approval. That's a more solemn process.
0: Okay, so it it, it could this take... is
9: from the just from the commission, not yeah. really per se yes. from all of the Canadian bishops.
0: I see. So, but it, but it's something that could take months. It could take years. Oh,
9: it could take. It certainly took months. It could certainly take more than a year from the time of the first. From the first idea to to the publication would take more than a year. Yeah, yeah, a lot more.
0: Okay, so now uh, maybe maybe if we can talk a little bit specifically about the topic. So what uh, you already mentioned a little bit about why there you felt or some of the bishops felt that there might be a need for this letter. But what are some some uh, I guess uh, things that you might be hearing or the bishops are hearing about? Well, young I, people? I
9: think they they all all we have to do is have our eyes open or to hear a few confessions, to know know that, you know, young people, as they probably always have, but even perhaps more so today, you know, they struggle with what it means to be a chaste adult, Mm -hmm. particularly in the period before marriage. Yes. Uh, And whereas there used to be strong sort of social constraints um, that provided a certain support for those who were living chastely the expectations were that you would be chased before marriage even if it wasn't always realized it was the expectation mm-hmm. um that that for example has That's simply not true so much and certainly in in a, in popular culture what is expected what is seen um, what is it you know in movies yeah, uh, absolutely. on television absolutely there's been there's been a, a ch- and, and it was just one more reminder that um the, chast- the chastity is a challenge it's uh, it's a worthwhile it's a worthwhile venture even if one has you know in the past not been able to live up to it or has not lived up to it that it's not too late that chastity is a virtue which as Catholic Christians, we cannot simply put in the closet and forget about it, and, right. and uh, as if it didn't matter. It does matter.
0: Yeah, and we've even found here that there seems to be a lot of confusion between chastity and celibacy. A lot of people think it's the same thing.
9: No, no, chastity is for everybody. It's for, for Unmarried married couples, and, and married, um, consecrated, um, and, and so on. Chastity is a is a virtue. It's the integration of our sexuality according to the state of life in which we in which we find ourselves. Celibacy is is you know refrained from part sexual of that, relations yeah. either be, because one is single or because one is consecrated.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now maybe uh, some wise words from you. How, how best you said that the letter is not a teaching.
9: Uh, not per se. Letter, it's not like the catechism. I mean, you can no. refer someone to the catechism and and sort of the. Um, uh, what I say, you know, the prohibitions yes. are in place. That's a different way of approaching.
0: But you're hoping that maybe this letter will be a, a beginning for a lot of people to maybe address the topic and teach I'd, young people I'd, about that chastity.
9: for sure. And there's even a word about it, a, a, a section on fostering and recovering chastity right. in one's life. You yeah. know, the recognition that, you know, it might be that you're 23 and you realize, good Lord, I've spent the last seven years in in a little bit of a, um you know of a bad place i haven't yes. been chased maybe i didn't know maybe i just got carried away and we're trying to say oh, that that might be but uh, we can certainly um still sort of begin on the on the path to chastity
0: how do you think we best should teach our young people about chastity
9: uh well of course the the, the best teachers of course is the, the children come from a home where chastity yep. is valued where yeah. the parents um have, have expectations of their children, and frankly, that they educate them in the virtue even as youngsters, which means a certain amount of very serious supervision of particularly their exposure to the media and their use of social communications. Right. That can't be emphasized enough. You, children are still children. They can't make at, you know when they're very young the kinds of choices that always serve their their good and their best interests mm-hmm. and parents have to have a very strong clear and consistent stand um, in in the cultivation of uh, of a virtue i mean yeah. it it does matter what you see it does matter what you know, kind of how you play with the uh, Social communication—it it does even matter what you wear. It matters how you talk.
0: Yes, absolutely. And um, I, yeah, I guess with everything, it starts at home.
9: It, it certainly <laughs> it does. It absolutely home. starts at home, and should be reinforced, um, you know, in the parish uh, uh, and uh, in in Catholic schools. I think absolutely. this document would be very handy, sort of thing to do, and you know, to to make available to uh, Catholic school students. Absolutely. You know, used um, as a as a, um, as, as just one of the ways in which they can introduce the topic.
0: Absolutely. Michael Miller, Archbishop of Vancouver, thank you so much for uh, your time. I know you're very busy, but thank you for taking time. Well, thank time you very
9: much, Pedro, and thanks to Salt and Light for all they're doing to spread the gospel in Canada. Thank you. Okay, God bless.
0: Archbishop. Michael Miller is the Archbishop of Vancouver and the Chair of the Commission on Doctrine of the Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops. Here now is our featured Artist of the Week, Gerald Montpetit, with a song from his new album, Height of My Life.
2: I'm going on a wilderness adventure Into the life of Christ The sacraments give life for the journey Into the wilderness, I am not afraid, I am not afraid, I'm hanging on, for the hike of my life, never looking back, I'm right on track, press on. Any paths to take on this journey, one on my left and two on my right, which one to take can be a tough decision, Jesus come and show me the way, show me the way I'm headed.
0: That was Gerald Montpetit, the Cat Chat man, with uh, one of their new songs uh, from the new album, the ultimate one, Hike of My Life. Now, it's always a struggle to find good quality Catholic songs, stories, and resources for kids. But by now, you should be familiar with Cat Chat. It started as an audio show for kids, and now it's so much more. And to tell us all about these new developments, we're joined now by the people behind Cat Chat, Gerald Montpetit, the Cat Chat Man, and his wife, Denise. Welcome, you guys, to Salt and Light Radio.
7: Well, thank you Hi, very S- much. Oh, yeah. okay, Thanks so, for
0: having us. So this new CD, that's kind of different because I was expecting a new episode of the Cat Chat, the audio show, but instead you've decided to just record some of to to put out a, a song, just songs, 12 new songs. Mm-hmm. Why why the, the new approach?
5: Well, to answer that question... Uh, we completed the series um, back in 2005. And the reason for that is we knew that we wanted to do a six-part series and then move on to some new things. So uh, okay. so the reason now we have all these new songs is to cater to our our third vacation Bible school that we've come out with. Uh. So the songs are specifically written... Uh, for the VBS, but yet make a great CD for the kids just on the own.
0: They do. Can I just say at this time that that I want to pump up, because the first you did the 30 best songs of Cat Chat, is it 30 or 25? Yeah, Yeah, 30, yeah. The 30 best songs of Cat Chat, and to me, that's the best album because mm-hmm. I've heard all the series and my kids kind of grew up with them mm-hmm. and now we listen to the songs cuz you don't need to sort of listen to all the stories again although those are great um so yeah. so this is kind of interesting too okay yeah. so we so were
7: uh we were hearing requests from parents and, and and kids saying we want more we want more so we thought well let's come up with some edgy songs fun songs for kids And this is how kind of the album came about, too.
0: Okay, so then that's a good, I guess, good segue to talk about the the Vacation Bible School. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not a new thing for you, but I think it's becoming more and more popular now. You've been doing them for a few years.
7: Yeah, we have three now available. Our first one was uh, on Mary, All About Mary, and it's uh, Cool Kingdom Party. Yeah. And we had uh, so much requests for when's the next VBS coming out that... We put the next one out two years later, which uh, was um, based on the Mass. It's a marvelous mystery. The Mass comes alive. Yeah. And now we've really developed a bank of parishes who are now expecting the next one, <laughs> in which we just put out release last month, and it's a wilderness adventure through the sacraments.
0: Okay, so for people so, who, for people who uh, have no idea what a vacation Bible mm-hmm. school is, how does it work?
7: Oh, great. Well, typically a parish will purchase one of our programs, and host it during the summer for a week long. Uh-huh. So it's designed to be a week-long program, and it's to help kids grow in their Catholic faith, and they basically do that through crafts and games, snacks, music, skits, faith lessons, all in based around that theme. Okay, and, uh, so, and
0: you provide them with all that, so that's part of the We provide them all
7: that in a box. It comes in a kit, and it's all ready to go. It's easy to, easy to use. Ready to implement.
0: So everything like the daily schedule, what time to start, how to oh do your opening uh, session or whatever, Absolutely. The crafts. Absolutely. laid out there. For oh.
7: for them, the only thing they need is volunteers to to run the program.
0: Okay, great. And and so uh, and anybody from anywhere in the world or across Canada, they can call you or go to your website and find out how to access. Yeah,
7: we're, we actually are getting even orders from the Philippines. Um, <laughs> nice. A few weeks ago, we had. To, a parish in the Philippines so it's great Canada and the US are are basically most of our um our our parishes were were uh, hosts, who are hosting our program
0: Okay great so then that's a great idea it's not too late for this summer if if parishes are planning trying to figure out what to do with their kids for a week this is a great uh great thing to do I guess like yeah. you said all, all they need is volunteer about how many volunteers would they need to pull this off
7: Depending on how many kids are registered if you've got um you know anywhere from you know they're running 30 kids and i've got some parishes in texas who have 250 kids
0: yeah yeah so
7: really it it's based on uh, how many registration okay. usually it's uh an adult for every 7 to 10 kids
0: and the program is is catered caters to all ages so you can
7: yeah pre-kindergarten to grade 5 okay and then they're getting uh, some of the teenage kids to help yeah. lead um uh, some of the games and
0: uh, right. help out. Yeah. yeah, okay, so it's very similar to uh, some of the other Vacation Bible Schools programs yeah. that are out there. Okay. Yeah, what, no, it's uh,
7: what's a real bonus for ours is that we're putting Catholicism into Vacation yes. Bible Schools, which is a real highlight, and that's what we want to focus on is our, uh, our program is 100% Catholic, where a lot of the other programs out there are, are Protestant-based, which is yes. not a problem, but why not catechize our kids?
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. So, so uh, encouraging everybody to uh, go to the website catchat.ca and find out more and, and, and to get on the program. And a uh, note for anyone that might be joining the program at this time, we're speaking to Gerald and Denise Montpetit. They're the, the wife and husband couple behind the Cat Chat, uh, I guess, uh, series or the Cat Chat movement. Um, <laughs> You guys uh, are going on tour again because part of what you do is this these live live cat chat concerts.
5: Well, uh, every year we go out twice a year for probably two months at a time, Uh and we do concert presentations for both schools and and parishes. Now the concert uh, is usually ninety minutes in length, Uh and uh, this year's tour is basically. worked around our, our latest cd called the ultimate one okay and our focus is basically uh asking kids uh, to prepare their hearts and to seek to know that god has a plan and a purpose for their lives Yeah, nice. so so that's the the message that god has a plan and a purpose for them and that he loves them and to teach them to, to practice listening to god so that they can figure out as they as they learn, uh, you know, going through the sacraments and their faith life, that God uh, will guide them and show them His plan for their lives.
0: Right, and can I just say again, because I've been to one of these concerts, they're amazing, mm-hmm. and and like what what you say is is absolutely true that that there's something, and I guess it's the Holy Spirit through working through you guys, but that that it really empowers the kids to to have that. that to, to, to figure that out in terms of, you know, what does God want me for God want for me and, and, and what does that mean mm. that God is calling me. I, I truly felt that.
5: Mm, well thank you. Um, and, and, and that's such an important part, especially schools. We just love ministering in schools because so many kids there just they don't go to church. They're unchurched and this is a great opportunity to introduce them to a God who loves them and and in a fun and you know exciting way with Moses the cat that we yeah, have Yeah they are fun yeah and our kids are all a part of the concert so they can relate with our kids you know they're they're seeing young kids their age uh, doing stuff for God and it's exciting it's fun so mm-hmm. so our goal is to inspire these kids to know that you know Christianity is an is an adventure it's exciting yeah uh-huh. it
0: it's a uh it's a wilderness adventure. <laughs> um, um, uh, so, you, so you pack up the whole family in an RV and you go off for two months. You homeschool yeah, now, your kids. You now
7: that's grace because, <laughs> you know, you're nine, nine people living in a, in a motorhome about 280 square feet for two months at a time. Yeah. You know that can only be uh, come from God, you know.
0: Okay, so this tour, it, you, it starts at the end of March. Where are you doing? You're not doing the whole country, are you? What are you doing? Where are you going?
7: Uh, end of March, we start in Alberta, and we do a string of concerts. We're doing 15 concerts on the way to Alabama. Oh, nice. Um, so anywhere, we're starting in Alberta, going into Saskatchewan, a bit into Manitoba, and then we head sta- straight southern U.S. because we have just uh, returned from a, an eastern tour in the Ontario area. Yep, yep. We won't be returning there till spring 2012, so if anybody's interested in booking... Um, We're looking at spring 2012 for the eastern parts of Canada and the U.S., and we'll be doing the western parts of Canada and U.S. in this coming fall, 2011.
0: Okay, but for the spring, you're doing uh, a little bit of Alberta and then heading down to Alabama. So if anybody is in that kind of route and they want to book you, can they still book some dates maybe?
7: Um, We're filling up pretty quick, but uh, we uh, are open to a few more dates.
0: Okay so it's a possibility anybody any parish or school if they you want to contact Gerald or Denise to bring the Cat Chat live concert to your to your uh, community mm-hmm. uh, again the website catchat.ca they can they can do that and you're booking so you said you're booking the west coast of canada and states for the fall yep. and east east coast <laughs> so ontario and and east uh, uh for spring 2012 well, you guys are busy <laughs> yeah. holy cow okay when then um uh anything else going on for you guys
5: well um, we have uh, an exciting adventure coming on for us that uh, we've never really dived into before this is all new for us but it's It's a TV series that we're
0: uh, working
5: on. We've teamed up with uh, EWTN. They've asked us to do an eight-part television series for kids.
0: Based on the Cat Chat, the audio series?
5: Uh, Basically on the audio series, but more an involvement of our family. So it's going to be similar to our concert uh, Mm -hmm. presentation. Uh, And each episode will have different segments. For instance, we'll have five or six of our, our Cat Chat songs. And then we'll have fun times with Moses the cat. Okay. And we'll have something called the Cat Chat Challenge where every episode we challenge kids uh in some way or form in in, in their faith to grow in their faith.
2: Okay. And nice. then we'll we'll
5: feature a super saint on another segment and the catch at question box is where we we uh we feature questions that kids ask us either about the faith yeah. or about catch at in general or we just answer them, you know. And uh so that that series will be airing um, in in the fall of excuse me of two thousand eleven, we'll okay. be filming uh, this spring, which is part of our tour as well. Ah, uh, I see. Okay, that that's okay. That's that why makes we're sense. That Alabama. makes
0: sense. Okay, great. So you you're, you haven't started filming. So you're going to be filming in the spring. Yes. So that's something to look forward to, I guess. Uh, in in the in the coming year, another mm. excuse to have you guys back on the show.
5: We're looking forward to that. Mm.
0: Great. Well, then, thank you so much. All the best uh, in what you're doing. You guys are doing great work, and I hope that uh, you get lots of hits on your website, catchat.ca, Vacation Bible School, booking for the live concert, and for people to buy that new album, The Ultimate One, because there's lots of great songs there. (laughs) So... Thank you so much.
7: Thank you so much, Pedro. God bless you and the work you do, too.
0: Thank you. So that's Gerald and Denise Montpetit, the couple behind Cat Chat. Um, Again, that website, catchat.ca. And here now is Gerald with uh, another of the new songs from the new album, The Ultimate One. This song is called Jump In. I jump in and put my hands
2: together I look up and give God the okay I step back and pray for the courage To do the will of the one who loves me I jump in and put my hands together I look up and give God the okay I step back and pray for the courage To do the will of the one who loves me Yeah, show me what you want me to do Oh yeah, show me what you want me to do God may be calling you to be a groom or a beautiful bride. Then have a child or two or maybe five and live on the countryside. One thing I know for sure, God has a plan for you. I jump in and put my hands together. I look up and give God the okay. I step back the will of the one who loves me i jump in and put my hands together i look up and give god the okay i step back and pray for the courage to do the will of the one who loves me yeah show me what you want me to do oh yeah show me what you want me to do god may be calling you as a young boy to be a priest God may be calling you As a girl to change the world One thing I know for sure God has a plan for you I jump in and put my
0: hands together We're listening to our featured artist of the week, Gerald Montpetit with Jump In from Cat Chat. And that will take us to the end of the program. Remember that you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light radio programs at saltonlighttv.org slash radio. And that's also where we post links to all our artists and all our guests. So go visit their website and buy their products. You can also learn all about Salt and Light and what we do at saltandlighttv.org. And to follow us closely, go to Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for your generosity, for your prayers. We cannot do our work without your support. Thank you, and may God bless you. I'm Pedro Guevara, Baraman. And this has been Salt and Light Radio. I
2: jump in and put my hands together. I look up and give God the okay. I step back and break for the courage to do the will of the one who loves me. I jump in and put my hands together. I look up and give God the okay. I step back and break for the courage to do the will of the one who loves me. What you want me to do?